Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett. Howdy, mountain bikers. Thanks for being here, and welcome to episode 216 of the MTB Tribe Podcast. I'm here as always to help you find out more about mountain biking, how to get out on the trails, keep you stoked, and hopefully learn a little more about mountain biking and the people involved. So thanks so much for being here today and thanks for tuning in to the podcast. Now here at MTB Tribe, we are super excited to introduce you to our new brand, Alta. Alta is a range of mountain biking accessories dedicated to make mountain biking easier. Our gear is designed to be practical, stylish and environmentally friendly. Our best-selling trail changing robe will keep you warm and dry while you're getting changed in and out of your riding gear. And our other pieces work well on the streets as on the trails. We're a small Irish brand but our range is growing steadily with the support of a fantastic group of mountain bikers across Ireland and the UK and we are developing new products as we speak so exciting things are happening in the near future. We will have a stronger product range for you very, very soon. You can check us out at ridealta.com or on Instagram at ride.alta. I would appreciate any support you give the brand. We're trying to do things right in the mountain bike industry and bring you gear that you need that will make it easier for you to get up the trail drier, warmer and cosier and help you get changed out of your dirty, muggy summer weather gear because we know how the summers can be here and uh, keep the car clean and keep everything in one place. So please go show your support. Go check out ridealta.com or follow us on Instagram at ride.alta. Now on to today's podcast and it is a pleasure to get James Anderson on the show. Now James is an elite level racer and races for the Orange team and if you see any of his footage the man rides a bike. Like I mean he rides a bike really fast, really well, 100% commitment. You would not believe some of the stuff this guy does. So go check out his socials for more of that for sure. But today we're chatting with James about his condition. And this is a relatively new thing for James to be talking about. He's had it since an early, early age growing up. But his condition, cerebral palsy, has affected him his whole life. But he still is so dedicated, so enthusiastic about riding bikes that he has overcome this. Without telling his teams, without telling his sponsors, he just got on with it. Nobody really knew about his condition, how it affected him. And he kept all that bottled up inside. But... Through one thing and another, he's coming out now and he's chatting about it and he's letting us guys know how mountain biking can be such a positive thing in your life. It can have such a positive effect on how you feel mentally, how you feel physically and just how you get on with your day-to-day life. And through mountain bikes, through great support from Orange, through great support from friends, family, James has been able to do that. He's talking about it now. He's getting it off his chest, so to speak. But it's more than that. He's he's spreading the word. He's letting other people know with conditions, may they be cerebral palsy or related to that kind of thing or anything at all, that you can overcome these things. You can get on with life. You can make life more pleasurable, better. You can make the future look brighter. And, you know, James has done this through bikes. Not only bikes, of course, there's a support network there behind James, but it's amazing to chat to him about it. It's amazing to see what bikes has done for him. Um, I'm not going to go into too much here in the intro. I want James to tell you about his story. 
you know, at the end of the day, James loves what he's doing. He loves racing bikes. He loves being in that environment. And that is what has helped him get through all this. So without further ado, let's get James on the podcast to hear more about his story. And welcome James Anderson to the MTB Tribe podcast. Hi, James. Welcome to the MTB Tribe podcast. How's things with you this evening, dude? Hi, Gareth. Thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, all good. Uh, we're here in uh, sunny Fort William, getting ready for the next national, next British downhill race. And uh, yeah, it's looking pretty grey out there, but uh, we'll see how this weekend goes. It's supposed to brighten up a bit. Uh, big entry of riders this weekend, so I'm stoked to get stuck in and uh, see how we stack up. Classic, man. Yeah, and you're there at the minute. You're staying there, right? Yeah, yeah, we just rolled up uh, about f- yeah, it was four o'clock this afternoon, so it's Thursday wow. now. Um, get a couple of laps in tomorrow. Um, get get back on that Scottish bedrock and uh, <laughs> hopefully not have too many mechanicals over the weekend. And uh, yeah, see how we get on. It's good, like you said, it's a stat field this weekend. So you know, I'm really um, you know, I'm so excited to just get stuck in, like genuine, and uh, yeah, it should be a good time. Ah, happy days, man. Happy days. Like, what size of crew are you traveling with there? Uh, so this was like super last minute. I managed to get myself an entry because, um, yeah, me being uh, not the most organized fella at times, I managed to miss the entry. Um, <sighs> so I've got um, my girlfriend's dad has trekked up with me to to Marshall for the weekend, so we could we could be in the race. So uh, yeah, we're it's just the two of us, and now I'm linking up with. Uh, Lachlan Blair from Orange as well. Some some of the guys might know him. They're uh, racing for mm-hmm. Orange Factory Racing. And yeah, we'll have the pit set up tomorrow. Um, yeah, so just be in terms of Orange, just just me and Lachlan. And then uh, we'll be back for the Fort William World Cup in a couple of weeks. So yeah, yeah should be sweet. Happy days, man. Happy days. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, we're going to chat about quite a lot of things here, your background, and we'll, we'll get into your cerebral palsy and things like that for sure. Mm. Um, but, like, I've watched videos of you, dude, and, um, you know, you would not know that you've had that condition from an early age. Like, you are pouring on that thing. Like, you're <laughs> <laughs> like some of your videos are pretty nuts, man. Um, yeah. Like, it, it's crazy, man. Um, but you grew up north wales didn't you yeah well like uh, on the border originally um Ossestry, and then all my riding has been in north wales and uh yeah just just wales so um yeah like majority of my life and now i live in in north wales in rhythm has been spent here and and just i'm so lucky that I grew up where I did because I met some really cool like people early on in my you know riding career mm-hmm. um like G Atherton uh, we'll get onto that later but uh, Alex Bond Joe Smith Matt Simmons Matt Walker Joe Breeden Charlie Hatton all these like pros local pros that I was able to swing a few laps with so you know for sure um you know in the younger times i was just giving it hell trying to stick with uh, stick with bondi at the time you know so uh yeah i guess i'm a product of um uh, a lot of the the lads around here so yeah like i obviously i had the condition that we'll get into but you know i just i never really talked about that from an early age i just wanted to gun after these guys and you know they you know like 
people like Joe Smith, you, everyone knows who that is and what an operator he is on a bike. So, yeah, it's just just hell bent on being as good as them. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like Wales just seems amazing. Like all the yeah. parks and stuff there, just it looks unbelievable in the scenery mm. and everything else, everything that goes with that. Like, yeah. um, and you sound that you know you, you really do enjoy living there and you're you appreciate yeah. that what you've grown up into, but. Yeah. In your early years, like you, you, you were born with cerebral palsy, um, you know, and you sent me photos there of you on a bike, and you were age nine, I think. There, yeah, um, like, and that was that was a pretty big deal for a kid of that age. Can you just tell us what it was like, you know, growing up with that, and when you realised what your condition was and things like that? Do you mind going into that with us? Yeah, for sure. Um, well, it's a long story, but. Um... Yeah, so to cut the long story short, I have what's called a condition called monoplegia. It's like a very acute form of cerebral palsy. Um, so it impacts one side of my body. Um, if you were here with me right now, I could show you exactly how it does that because I can basically wiggle my feet. No problem, I'm just doing it now in my slippers, sat here. <laughs> um, on my left leg, I'm wiggling my leg around my toes and my feet around like crazy and then I go to do it on my right hand side and um I just can't I can't do it um so it's it's a it's a brain um condition I was born with from birth you know I had some complications when I was being born basically starved of oxygen to one side of my brain and um yeah I guess you know in the really dark side of things lucky to to be here um mm -hmm. but uh yeah, so with those complications led me to develop the condition monoplegia. Uh, in addition, I was I'm also still uh, dyspraxic and dyslexic. Um, so yeah, we were hit with that from when we were young, um, and I it was quickly apparent in the early years that I would have to wear an orthotic splint to walk. Um, I say it was quickly apparent. It was quickly apparent by obviously the doctors who were, who were keeping an eye on me during mm -hmm. the early part of my, in my early years. Um, so yeah, um, to go back to obviously when I was being born and you know really young years of my life, I was I was kept under under watch, if you will, by uh, the orthopedic in Oswestry, um, and it quickly. As the as I was about one years old, the the doctor was saying, you know, listening to uh, my dad was listening to him talking about everything that was going on, and he said, you know, he's going to struggle to play sport if I'm just brutally honest because of of everything that's going on. And um, my dad always tells me that, reminds me of it because uh, it gave me the chip on my shoulder. I guess I carry around to this day that. Uh, you know, I think we spoke on the phone before the podcast that the, probably the best thing you can tell me is, uh, oh, James, I don't think you can do that because I'll just go and do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, because it was something that was built in me from when I was when I was born, you know, like the doctor said, that oh, you probably wouldn't play sport. Um, well, watch me, you know, because yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm just going to prove you wrong every time because, you know, it might sound to some people that don't know me quite like a big you know, oh, this guy's got a bit of an ego, but, you know, I, the, the stuff I've been through to get to this point, I can assure you, absolutely not. It's just pure determination and, uh, you know, what I 
what I set my sights on is, you know, what I want to achieve. So I'm a very driven person that, mm-hmm. you know, that sets his, his sights on a goal and, and goes 110% at it and doesn't yeah. give up. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's a little bit about the, the condition and um, obviously touching upon my splinting and the early years of learning to walk, I guess. Yeah. Like when you were growing up there, you know, and the doctors telling your parents these kind of things, mm. like when when you wanted to do sport or when you wanted to start riding a bike, like how were your parents with that? Were they happy enough to let you do that? Were they keen enough? Yeah, for sure. Like uh, my dad was quite big into road cycling and he raced to like a, a decent level locally um, and bikes were his thing you know um he was massive into it so he wanted to get me out on the road and and riding as well but as the photo i sent you from when i was young and you know there's if there's a thing it's it's on my instagram as well you know i'm riding a bike with stabilizers at the age of eight nine years old and uh, that's purely because my right hand side of my body was just completely underdeveloped really because mm-hmm. because of this condition the muscle wasn't developing on the whole right hand side my leg to my arm um so left me with really weak right hand side so i had to wear say wear sorry use stabilizers and um yeah like just couldn't ride without them and as you see in that photo that i sent you that you can see that how hard i'm banking on the left hand side of the stabilizer because um that's my strong side and Mm -hmm. that's the only way i can really ride the thing without feeling like honestly i'm falling off the side of the earth because that's what it felt like in my early years when I transfer mm-hmm. my weight from my left to my right, I was like, Jesus Christ, like, you know, I can't do it. And uh, it's just so weird to, to get that in context for people that are listening, like that kind of feeling that you're just falling. Um, mm-hmm. And I was given exercises by the doctor when I was really young to stand in front of the mirror on my right leg and just lift my left leg off the ground and look in the mirror and I couldn't do it. Yeah. And I, I still think back to this, to this day, I still think back at it and go, Jesus, how far we've come because, uh, yeah, I would get so frustrated. I would literally, like I say, stand up, try and stand on my right leg, lift my left leg off the ground, and it sounds so stupid. I couldn't do it. I'd so what over. would happen in that? You would just collapse? Yeah, I'd just lose my balance and yeah. fall over. And it was like, as a kid from, you know, seven, eight years old, being told I've got to do these exercises in front of a mirror, I was just getting super frustrated. Because um, I just couldn't. I, I, It's the weirdest thing, you know, like yourself, like anyone, if they can't, can't do something they get frustrated and um it was so hard to wrap my head around what was like really going on because at the same time i was trying to bury it i guess like bury what was kind of happening um because you know you know we all don't like negativity at times do we but we got to face things head on sometimes and uh i'm glad i finally did (laughs) yeah yeah but yeah like yeah it was so weird yeah like i'm sure at that age you know (laughs) your school kids are running around, they're playing football and they're knocking about and stuff. And could you get involved in that as well? Or, you know, was yeah. it something? Yeah. So like for me, sport has always been, so if you, if I'd have sent you my report cards from young, it would be like, you know, maths, D, English, D, whatever, like D, 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 D. And then you get to, <laughs> you get to PE and it's like A star. Yeah. Like, you know, and it's all I cared about. Like, and the teacher's like, James can't sit still. He can't concentrate. You know, he, he's uh, he's just fidgeting all the time. He's looking out the window and wanting to kick a football. And I think it's like now I think, you know, I'm just sitting here thinking about it now. It's because I wanted to work on it. 
you know, I wanted to to make it better and sitting here right now in the chair is not making my leg any better. It's not making mm-hmm. me stronger. So I want to go out and run around and try and strengthen it and try and, you know, you know, kick a football and, and do normal stuff like like kids. Because, you know, um, whilst I looked, looked normal to everyone else on the inside, you know, being brutally honest now, I was completely different and struggling with a lot more than people would see on the face of it, you know um yeah so yeah yeah man it's it's crazy like so when did the whole bike thing come into play then when did that start to become a thing in your in your life so like um you know it's so weird i don't actually remember coming off stabilizers but i think it was around like 10 or 11 it's probably something that again i try and you know i buried like mm-hmm. you know mentally because i was so ashamed of it um but i definitely started riding a mountain bike at 12 um and i went to flandegler at age 13 and anyone that's listening to this podcast will know what i start how i started out because again it was just full enthusiasm completely you know lacking that skill <laughs> you know <laughs> i was just full send uh, and still to this day, I think, you know, most people know me as full send um, because that's, again, my my kind of in, my enthusiasm and passion for this, you know, um, was straight away because I went to uh, Flandegla and some people know exactly where that is. And I live five minutes away from that now. Um, I went to Flandegla Trail Centre and started riding what i thought at the my time at that time i was like oh i'm riding down on mountain biking it's so so sick you know obviously it's cross, <laughs> cross country but um yeah just like just riding up with a full no i didn't have a full face lid sorry uh i had a half helmet um and just shredding the downhills and just you know crashing but just loving it and uh yeah that's where it all started for me in slandegla north wales and 13 years old and just shredding a giant tcr trance the giant tcr um hardtail and Mm -hmm. obviously wanted the next thing which was the trance because i'd had about two rides on it and already wanted the full suspension uh which i (laughs) thought i thought at the time oh yeah trance is a downhill bike like i just had no idea but i was just i was just so like stoked with with it you know this Mm -hmm. like sense of freedom you know and now i think back it was just that freedom you know we all feel it now you know, you might be having a bad day and you go out and ride and suddenly it changes everything. And it was just that freedom that I felt, you know, like, ah, you know, I've, you know, struggled at every other sport, but this is, this is like something that I can really go with here. Cause I can go Clandegla, I can go anywhere. And I remembered that first couple of rides, I was like, oh man, this sport's insane. So <laughs> I was just hooked. I was just so hooked and, you know, just talking about it. And now I've still got the same love for it now as I, did back then yeah so, yeah. yeah like what initially drew you to the mtb side of things over all the other sports um so it's a pretty cool story actually um well i i still love telling it to this day because uh where i used to live in trafonin um my mum took me to the famous Mulfrey as a kid um she took me to my very first race to watch which was the fat face night race which mm-hmm. maybe some people will know. Um, and to cut a really long story short, I watched a bit of the downhill in the day and then I stayed and it was four cross in the evening with the lights and everything. And I was just like, what the hell is this? 
this is you know this is downhill racing or like mountain bike racing i was like this is so cool and she she took me to visit to visit the atherton's pits and i i met g um which i said i'll touch upon that later but uh i met him and i was like he just talked to me like a normal kid Mm -hmm. and i was like 14 at the time and I was just like, wow, this this like rock star. Just you know, why? <laughs> yeah, will will talk to me and just treat me like a normal guy. And I was just looking at him like, this is so cool. Like I want to be just like these guys, like doing it. And yeah, I remember him just giving me time of day, and I was just like, what? And that was it. Then I was just like, I want to do this for, I want to do this for a living, or you know, chase the dream because this this shit's so cool. Um, yeah. Sorry, dropped the. <laughs> 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 But uh, yeah, for sure, I was just like, I was just hooked when I saw that event, and I was like, you know, um, yeah, just just couldn't get, couldn't wait to get stuck in because the Aftons were actually living down the road from me at the time in Trafonin, mm-hmm. and then every day since then, I used to like, Mum was like, I've just seen the animal uh, animal van go past, and I was like, oh no way, like you know, and then I found out where they built the tracks, and I used to watch them on YouTube and. Oh, and I was just hooked, man. Like, just like you know, these guys are the coolest thing ever, and I want to, I want to chase this dream because this is, yeah. this, this is amazing. <laughs> like for for any young kid growing up, how how important do you think is it to have somebody like that to look up to? You know, somebody that you really respect and you you want to kind of mimic almost. But like, how important was that to you then to what it is, what you're doing now? Like, do you think it really helped and, and spurred you on? Oh, hundred like hundred percent um you know um some people that i race with have taken the mick because i've told this story a few times but like i'll still stay uh, i i will still say to this day like you know g's my hero because mm-hmm. he was like you know that dude is made of concrete he never gives up like you know what he's been through now but he you know for sure that guy's gonna he's gonna race again hundred percent like you know he just there's no quit in that guy and you know for me I, I try and, and this is the aspect I love to be in a sponsored athlete now because um, just being that role model for some kids to look up to, it played a massive, like a huge part in in me chasing my dreams. Um, and G was it for me. Um, and I'll never forget the feeling uh, in 2000, and it was 2020, year of COVID, and I was racing Lusa World Cup. And I was lining up on, on the quali line and, and G was four riders ahead of me. And I just looked down there and I was like, shit, this guy was, sorry, I swear again. Uh, <laughs> this guy was, uh, this guy was someone that I looked up to and still do um, when I was a kid and now I'm racing him. Yeah, amazing. You know, it's just amazing. And um, yeah, he played a huge part in um, wanting, you know, me to chase a dream. And I think, you know, I just want to, I just want to be known for someone that worked hard and, and, you know, that was told he wouldn't do something or, you know, he would never play sport and, and worked hard at it and, and made it happen because mm-hmm. I, you know, it sounds like, you know, some people might think, oh, it's a bit hippie, you know, hippie dippy or whatever, but, you know, I, I worked so hard, like so hard to get here. And I think if I can do it, what's stopping other people, you know, and I, I want to get that message across really because you know kids are listening to this pod you know there's so many opportunities out there for them now the sport is getting bigger than ever 
you know, certainly bigger than when I wanted to chase this as a, as a dream. You know, there's so many more companies starting up. There's so many more brands that are, you know, looking into sponsoring younger riders and, and opportunities, you know. So um, just, you know, try and work hard and, and chase the dream and, and make it happen because you never know what will happen. And certainly, you know, when I was looking up to G and, and stuff, for sure, I, I had all the determination and passion in the world. But did I think I was going to get here and with all the complications that I have and, you know, the you know, a few little issues that I've got, should we say, like, maybe not, you know, because I, I, I knew that the passion was never in doubt, but the ability, you know, it could be. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, I was I was willing to work twice as hard as everyone else to, to just get here, you know. Because this 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 means try not to swear again. This this stuff means so much to me. Yeah, um, and totally. Yeah. And like meeting G there, and you know being face to face with him, like, and then mm. on the back of finding mountain biking something you were so passionate about and really enjoyed and really loved. Like thinking of your condition, how did that help with your condition? You know, like confidence, strength, mental well being. Like, how did that all help your condition then? That's a you know, it's a really great question because I struggle to link the two up sometimes, but um, it's the the simple answer to it all is it provided me with a vehicle to to channel all this determination, you know. Mm. Um, obviously, I had I still to this day have a weaker right hand side. It's nowhere near as bad as it used to be, but um, my dyspraxia is the gnarlier element of what goes on, and that's that's the trouble with movements and i work with my coach um neil at complete performance really hard in that on that in wrexham and uh um yeah to go back to that it's the it's the vehicle this sport provides me um which is constant development you know constantly working on myself to make myself the best version of me i can be both on the bike and off the bike mm-hmm. um and it just gave me everything you know the sponsor element gives me the the vehicle of hopefully inspiring kids with my videos on instagram or whatever on podcasts or everything like that and then the physical side of things you know the training in the gym with my coach um and all that stuff gives me the mental the sorry the physical benefits mm-hmm. and then off the back of that you know we're moving we're exercising outside we're racing bikes we're loving life it gives me that mental benefit you know um, because if I had listened to what the doctor said from an early age and probably, you know, dwelled a little bit on it, um, I certainly wouldn't be sat here right now, like ready to go to race the, the second round of the national series. So, yeah. um, it's just, that's why I got in contact with you. You know, this sport saved me. And I think if you could title it as something, it would be that, you know, just being totally honest, it did. Um, because if I'd have wallowed in it, and been like, you know, I've I'm got a form of cerebral palsy. The doctors tell me I can't really play sport and my one leg's weaker than the other and I struggle with dyslexia and I struggle with dyspraxia. Then, like I said, it, would, it wouldn't have got me anywhere. But mm-hmm. I found this sport and suddenly I can make something of myself and I can, I can work really hard on it to, to make me a better rider and and better you know further up the leaderboard and i can also you know feel feel good about being you know somewhat normal 
you know. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're certainly more than normal on a bike from what <laughs> I have seen. That's that's for sure. Um, <laughs> you know, it's unreal what you're doing there. But you know, looking at it um, and looking at your parents' background, obviously they have given you lots of encouragement and stuff like that over the years. Um, like as far as a team with you, James. You know, so everybody that's helped you along the way, that's pushed you a wee bit more, that's that's said yes you're doing the right thing go for it because there always will be naysayers oh you should be careful you shouldn't be riding your bike like that with your conditioning you know like how how important is that team that you've built around you how how important were they to where you're at now yeah like um my family's super you know important to me and you know my my dad's always been right there with me um telling me to chase my dreams and you know supporting me um because you know when i was younger it it could have been a a lot different so he wanted me to chase something that i was really passionate about and we and we went you know we went with it and you know i'm glad that he did push me and he was quite tough on me as a Mm -hmm. as a youngster because uh, it's developed me into who i am now and then in the more recent past um my girlfriend lurie has been uh, a huge a huge part of it um she actually opened me up um because she's the first person that i told outside my family that i had it um, really yeah so you've yeah. been racing how many years were you racing then before you taught some jesus uh so what am i now i'm nearly 29 started racing at 14 so wow really geez. yeah that's a long time um but she was like because we all get used to and we'll digress in a little bit but we all get used to as men like covering up stuff don't we whatever we're going through like you know you know you, you don't want to say you know that you're having a tough time to someone because oh red flag you know like mm-hmm. you know when really like again and this is another reason why i want to do the pod that we're trying to normalize this stuff and, and talk about it because it, it makes you feel better for sure. And, and she dug deep into, she noticed it early on and we've been going out just over a year now. Um, and uh, she noticed it early on and um, she kept digging. And I was like, I didn't want to tell her. And then I finally told her and she was like, what, you do this, uh, this level and you've got this condition. I was like, well, yeah, it's no biggie, you know, like just whatever, isn't it? You know, like, uh, and then I told her about, you know, what I had as a kid, like wearing an orthotic splint, you know, being monitored, going to old day hospital to have CAT scans on my brain most weeks to, you know, when I was really young to, to, to figure out how it was, you know, affecting me. And, mm-hmm. and she was like, this is massive. Like, you know, like, and you've hidden it your entire life. I was like, yeah, like, so what? Like we all have crap going on. And she was like, no, no, like, you need to tell this to, you need to tell this to Orange. So I went straight to, went straight to Jay at Orange and, and told him. And he was just like, Jesus, like, you know, why, well, one, why you'd be hitting it. And, and two, you need to, you know, talk about it. You know, it's a pretty inspiring story. And, and here we are. So that's amazing, um, man. Yeah. Yeah. So she, Lori, she opened me up like a can of worms and here we are. <laughs> but I'm so glad like, she did. did. Did you think telling people 
let's take Orange, who's your sponsor. Yeah. Um, mm. Did you think telling the likes of Orange it would take away from your chances, or yeah, people yeah. would look at you differently? Like, yeah. So, oh, like I said before, and you know, when we're talking about you know struggles, I think we look at it like, oh, you know, red flag, like you know, eyes, uh, you know just labelled, but it's been completely the opposite. Um, I've told them and I've been transparent with them and now it's starting to get out there on social media and, and whatnot. And the response I've had from them and, and other people has been crazy. You know, it's been like all the stuff that I wanted and I never wanted to tell this story. And this is straight up. You can you can meet me at a race and ask me this and I'll look you in the eye and tell you the same I didn't do this to for financial gains or anything like that. I did this because I wanted to tell people my story so they can take from it um, what they will and hopefully it inspires them to, yeah, maybe chase their dreams or if they're struggling with something on a day, you know, maybe it provides mm -hmm. them with a bit of motivation to, to go get done what they want to get done during that day. Um, because that's what this condition made me do. It made me make the most of everything um and it still does so um yeah i've been transparent with orange and you know i'm heading i'm in my third year with them and i couldn't be any happier and and from everything that i've heard they they're really happy with me as well so it's been completely the the opposite that i was expecting from a sponsor's point of view um and it just goes a long way to saying what you know a genuine bunch of people they are because you know, I was, like I said, expecting them to be like, oh, well, you know, a little bit of a, you know, an asterisk over your name. And mm -hmm. I never wanted to lean on it as an excuse. So that was another reason that I didn't want to say anything because like, oh, you know, I'm not doing so well. Maybe, you know, oh, it's because of this. But it's not, it's not at all. You know, it's the, it's the transparency that, you know, everyone, you know, you can't knock someone for being honest, you know. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been you know, really good and I'm really happy. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, absolutely amazing. Like your riding buddies and stuff like that, did they not notice something or? Yeah. So, um, yeah, like, uh, um, it's a really long story, but I couldn't in the early part of my riding for the life of me go around right hand corners without washing the front. Uh, mm. and it, it, was that a strength it, thing or? Yeah, right yeah, hand, okay. you know, so you've got that, yeah. the weak right hand side mm -hmm. coupled with my dyspraxia, which is for people listening, it's, it's real, it's real trouble con coordinating movements. Um, so to put it bluntly, uh, I would go around the right hand corner and pull on the, what I thought in my brain was the back brake, but obviously I'm yanking on the front brake, which, right, really? which is your right hand. So I had to train my brain uh, to use more of my left hand brake, which is my back brake. And I still have to, you know, I do little drill, brake drill exercises to, to work that, you know, work through that. And I'm lucky that I grew up riding steep technical stuff in Thangothlin because it's all about brake control mm -hmm. um, and, you know, learning to pivot the bike and using the front and the back brake. So, yeah, like, but early on, a flat right hand corner was uh, 
as my kryptonite because transferring the weight across to the right hand side of my body as I'm trying to hit a corner, I just the front end would just wash and I'd be down every you know a lot of the time. Uh, but you know, I still get back up and just uh, cursing in my helmet and you know, got to nail that. I've got to nail. I've got to get better at it. I've got to get better. And I just didn't even, you know, people would laugh and like, you know, if I was crashing or whatever, they'd be laughing, but it just spurred me on even more, you know, like all that kind of, you know, jibbing and, and stuff like, oh, you know, take the mick and stuff. It just made me go harder, you know, which mm-hmm. I, you know, which I'm glad for, you <laughs> know, but, but um, yeah, like, you know, people would notice it. Yeah. Like I couldn't go around the right hand corner for the life of me. So uh Yeah now we've managed to get to race a couple of world cups yeah amazing man amazing like when did you realize you wanted to do this more serious hmm. um i mean it all came about just before covid for me really so, okay yeah 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 so i i i signed with orange i got a really good opportunity with them um my first like proper like pro contract um and i was like i'm gonna run with this because i find someone finally believes in me jay orange thank you again um <laughs> gave, you know gave me opportunity i'm gonna run with this so hard like and i'm gonna do everything to repay his faith he's shown in me so that was working 10 times harder training you know um riding more everything just chucking everything into it and then um i was fortunate enough that some of my national results were good enough to get me a bc jersey for um both rounds that year of the world cup series which were only in maribor and lusa so they were double headers so for those that watched it you'll probably remember that yeah we did we did two races at each venue and 2020 was the first year i i raced the world cup series so i raced the full series that year because obviously it was it was only two and and then that's sort of that was it then you know like um and obviously i'd raced the nationals in elite um up until then and i went i went to go back a little bit uh, i went into the, the the elite category sorry in 2019 so you know far from a you know a an amateur phenom or you know uh you know someone that was standing out in the results sheet as a as a kid mm-hmm. but someone that's managed to get to to world cup level now and and race at a you know at the, at the highest level now so it's um it's really cool and something that you know it sounded maybe i sound a little bit like oh i'm content but you know i'm just happy with where i'm at now and and i want to work even harder to you know to be more of a a regular top face in the national scene and and then a current you know consistent guy you know going to world cups yeah so, for sure yeah man, for sure um like how did you i want to get back to orange a wee bit yeah. later on but like how did you find that bigger scene you know that world cup scene like how did you enjoy that yeah it was a baptism of fire for sure <laughs> um just being real with you um because i i'd yeah i'd ridden abroad and raced abroad but you know these guys are you know 
I'd stop on the side of the track and I'd see, you know, Matey Boy on a 160 plate come past me like the absolute clappers. And I've never heard of him in my life. Yeah. But he's going like the absolute. And I can't stress this enough to kids listening. Like, you know, it's definitely chase, you know, chase it and, and go for the World Cup scene. But you best be ready for when you get there because, you know, the chap in 60th who's just made the cut is unreal. Mm-hmm. You know, straight up, like, he's a gnarly guy. Um, so you best bring your A game. Um, and I was I was stoked to be there, but I had a lot of work to do. I'll just be honest. Um, so bike set up, you know, not really knowing the tracks. Um, you know, prep. I was on my own, you know, doing it. I had support mm-hmm. from Orange with bikes and gear and whatnot, but I was having to get myself out there and, and do it. So you know it was like i say a baptism of fire and um but and that with that being said an amazing learning curve you know because i know so much now you know and, and kids listening when they get there you know don't rush it don't rush the process you know take it all in you know if you want to be if you're going in junior and you want to be in the top 10 great have those goals but make sure you're taking everything in because sitting back now like looking back on it you know i'm glad that i took the notes and i wrote things down and, and i listened to george one of my good friends and um made sure i was taking notes of everything and learning because i had a lot of learning to do as well as you know being there so um yeah it was like i said an amazing an amazing kickstart to it all but i had to do a lot of work whilst i was there and um obviously i, I didn't qualify but um you know the lessons i've learned and um you know experience i've gained is is so invaluable uh, and stuff that i i still put into practice to this day yeah so it's, for sure it's made, yeah it's great yeah and i'm sure being involved in that scene you know and seeing it at that level it just inspires you so much more yeah you know like i know you see these guys that are super fast and you're like wondering like well how what do i have to do to get there mm. but i'm sure it inspires you and really encourages you you know i don't think you need any more encouragement by, <laughs> by the sounds of things but you know i'm yeah. sure it did i'm sure it kind of said to you look you know i want to be here like yeah oh you hit the nail on the head for sure like the exact that's the exact thought process that went through my mind like you know um you know these guys are going like the absolute clappers but so can i i can do this i can be here I, i'm here now so let's do everything we can to you know contend and whatever that is if i need to learn a bit more from go over to the fox guys and you know maybe i can get a bit of a chat with geordie to you know learn a bit more about the suspension and and you know understand what i'm you know what my feelings are Mm-hmm. in comparison to what i need to change on my suspension because you know you go to a world cup now it's like f1 like yeah. it's, literally, it's literally like f1 you were you wander around the pits and you know you know bruni's got about i don't know like let's say four guys or what however many it is working on just him you know making his bike and him better over the weekend yeah, yeah. um and that's the approach you know that it's really cool. Like, you know, you know, if you want to do that well, you've got to put in the work. And I admire that. And just like we said, like, you know, it, it might have inspired you, James, like 100%. Because I took and looked at that and I was like, you know, these guys are, you know, leaving no stone unturned. And that's exactly what I want to do. I want to yeah. leave no stone unturned so I can finish this all when I'm done and say I gave my 110% to, 
to the sport and did everything I could, you know. Yeah, so, for yeah. sure, man. Mm. For sure. Getting back to the Orange sponsorship, how did that all come about? So, yeah, um, Orange was a brand when I was young um, that I just was like, I just, this this brand looks so cool. Like, Petey was obviously shredding the 222 when I was growing up. And I, I just, I thought it was so cool, like, to have a, a British brand that was handmade um, and, you know, just something that's from the UK. And I don't know, there's so many, I was seeing so many different bikes and I wasn't, I'd look at them in MBUK and I'd always scroll back to the, to the bikes and, you know, it was on like, you'd have the little logo who's like you could buy them off like win stanley bikes and stuff and i'd go through them and i was always looking at the orange i was like that looks sick like mm-hmm. you know just the way it's designed and stuff and, and some people will be like oh well of course he's gonna say that but you know it's it's the truth and um i got to a point in 2019 um where uh i was i was sponsored by and still am sponsored by crank brothers and i was on a I was on a Crank Brothers synthesis uh, wheel photo shoot with um, Sandy Plenty from the Trailhead. And again, some people might know Sandy or know of the Trailhead in Shropshire, Shropshire. And Sandy does so much for young talent. And um, it's just like one of the good guys of, of the industry. Um, so I was on a shoot with him. And I was riding for um, the distributor of Kona at the time. And, you know, I was I was like, you know, I felt like I was capable of a little bit more than I was getting. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was just a little bit frustrated because I wanted to, you know, to get in with a brand and, and really, you know, give them everything. Because I've got so much passion to give and I just need a, a brand to back me and, and I'll show you what I can do and, and I can really, you know, benefit your brand and, uh, but just being myself, you know, and, um, you know, Sandy was like, I said to Sandy, I was like, you know, I really, you know, if I could pick one, it'd be orange. And he's like, oh, just, you know, give, you know, is I'll get you in contact with Jay. And, um, he gave me Jay's number and I popped him an email, sent him my CV and stuff. And, and, uh, I was just, you know, waiting, waiting, waiting. And, you know, I'd, I'd ring him and he said, oh, you know, we're, we're still, we're still checking it out. We're just having some conversations internally. And then, uh, yeah, one day he, he rang me and I'll never forget it. And, uh, I was just like, Oh, you know, stressing. <laughs> and I was at home and, and I was like, I don't know. I think I've been used to a few no's at this point. So I was just like already wrote it off in my head. And he's like, yeah, you know, in, in a classic Northern, you know, we've had a chat internally and, uh, we want you to come on board and represent orange bikes. Boom. Wow. And I was like, what like you know in my head i'm not saying this because you know yeah, yeah this this time i don't really know jay that well and um i'm like oh okay uh <laughs> sweet okay what do i do next and he's like well what are you doing wednesday and i was like um i think i was I, i'm pretty sure i was doing something but i was like yeah i'm not doing anything um <laughs> and he's like okay come up wednesday and your bikes will be ready um i was like bikes okay sweet yeah cool yeah okay no worries um and i was just in between jobs at the time um because i still work trying to work you know part-time job and and do this and i was like right okay uh i don't think yeah i definitely didn't have my own vehicle at the time so i rented a van 
Um, I was like, oh, please, like, I hope Jay don't see my rental van outside. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. rented a van and drove up to drove up to Orange and uh, walked through the door. He welcomed me in and took me into the workshop. And he's like, there's your bikes. And there was my downhill bike, my enduro bike, and then a gravel bike to do all my like road riding on. And I was just like inside. I was like, what the hell? Like, I'm just even now thinking back, like, I was just like exploding with insight, with excitement inside. And, you know, anyone that's met, like, <laughs> he's probably going to hate me for this, but like Northern people are quite blunt to the point. And, uh, I just didn't want to explode with like, you know, I want to hug him. Like if I'm honest, you know, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. but, um, yeah, I was just like, what the hell? And, uh, and he's like, yeah, okay, well, um, there's your bikes and, uh, I'll take you around for a tour now if you're good. And I was like, absolutely. Um, and he took me to, you know, hopefully some people listening have, have been able to get up to the factory and have a tour. Cause like you know straight up it's the coolest thing and i still do it every time i go up to the factory i still make a point of you know going upstairs and having a look at the history and um yeah he took me upstairs and and showed me all the bikes and you know pete's you know jersey and Mm -hmm. you know the frame stuff and i was like this is so cool and like still to this day like you know i i have a bit of a saying you know cut me down the middle i bleed orange because it's like the history of this company is insane and, and I love it, you know, to ride for a brand that has got this much history and yeah, like so passionate about, you know, making high quality bikes, you know, yeah. still to this day on the single pivot platform is, is super cool. So I'm stoked to stoked to ride for this brand and it's, it's a dream that I always wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing, man. It, it yeah. must've just felt unreal. Like I'm sure it, oh, yeah. it took a few days to think. <laughs> I literally drove back. It's funny you say that. I literally drove back and I drove back in silence for half an hour. Yeah. Like literally down the M62 back home to North Wales and, uh, just didn't want to speak to anyone because I was like, I just want to take in this moment, like, and actually realize what's just happened. And then I rang my dad and he was just over me. So yeah, super cool. Yeah. Like it amazes me. I've been involved in business for quite a while and it amazes me still how relaxed the mountain bike thing is. Mm. Like, so this happened to you, what, just like three years ago or so? Yeah. 2019. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, had you any massive contracts to sign? Had you anything, you know, did you have to give a a pint of blood? Like what, (laughs) you know, what was the process like? Uh, yeah, so I signed my contract there and then on the spot, and um, it was only for a year. Uh, and then Jay explained to me that uh, when I re-signed for my two years, that that was the minimum that they they do. You know, like it was a trial my first mm-hmm. year, and you know, thankfully I, you know, made it through and signed for two years after. So yeah, it was sick. Like. You know, it was a, a bit of a trial period that I was on in the first year and managed to to make it happen and re-sign for two years. And hopefully we'll be in a position where we can re-sign for many more, you know. So, yeah, cool. yeah it was it was very bish bash bosh and, and here's a contract and have a quick read of it, take your time and then, yeah, sign it yeah. when you're ready. <laughs> and it wasn't, it wasn't in the thickness of yellow pages or something like, you know. No. Yeah, no. Like, super relaxed chilled out yeah super relaxed um obviously i've got social media 
obligations to fulfill but they're they're not like that's what i love with the brand it's like you know show your passion show your enthusiasm show it in your way you know yeah. and i've got no real i've got no real constraints with you know um you can't post that or you you have to post this or you have to post five times a week you know it's very mm-hmm. organic yeah. and yeah and the the whole brand's very like that they're very organic with the way they do things and um yeah very genuine so yeah. i love that um just for people listening that maybe have a condition similar to yours or, or, or a condition that's maybe holding them back a little bit yeah when you went to tell the guys at orange there and i know you touched on it briefly but tell us a wee bit more about that when you went to tell them about your your condition like were you nervous about doing that like and, and just then their re- reaction and and what the conversation was like yeah so for sure like um uh i told Elliot, uh, one of the guys that works in the marketing department at Orange, and um, he was, he was like, you couldn't believe it. Like that again, like that I'd hidden it for so long, and his reaction was something that I always wanted, you know. Because to be honest, I have had reactions like it where people kind of brushed it to the side because they can't understand it. But I'm not expecting you to get down on your knees and and say you're the best thing since sliced bread. I just want someone to to take a minute to to understand what I had to go through mm-hmm. to to get to this point. Um, and yeah, Elliot was just like, "Go tell, go tell Jay right now." Like, you know, my my manager, and tell him, you know, you need to tell him. And we went to the went to boardroom and and told him everything. And he was just like, like, you know, quite a stern bloke, but. You know, he's just like, you know, it's really crazy that you've hidden it for so long. But, you know, we, you know, we need to, you know, do something, you know, do something with it. You know, um, you know, you need to get it out there and you need to tell people. And, and um, you know, we're, we're going to do some filming stuff later down this year with it. Um, and, you know, inspire people because it's a, it's a cool story. And, um it was nice for him to to do that because you know like i said he's a quite a stern stern bloke you know like very to the point and uh um for him to be like that i think that was that was really cool and and very welcoming to it and made me feel very comfortable about it and since it's given me a lot of it's given me a lot of uh, confidence so yeah yeah they were they were really cool about it like getting that off your chest, you know, and telling yeah. the orange guys, the brand that means so much to you from such a young age, you're now sponsored by them or you're riding for them. Like to get that off your chest, like how relieved were you to do that? Uh, if I'm like brutally honest, I feel like a different person. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. It's just pretty crazy at 28 years old, but um, I'm just being myself now. And for people listening, I go to the races and a lot of people already said it, like I seem happier. I seem, you know, more, more relaxed. And, mm-hmm. you know, I am like, uh, because I'm just being a hundred percent honest with myself and everyone around me. And, you know, from that platform, I'm, I'm able to ride, you know, in a much better way than I ever have before. Um, I ride with much more control. I ride with much more focus. I ride with much more determination and I ride with so much more happiness. 
and it's really cool to be able to say that just from getting off my chest you know um mm -hmm. which you know it, it it sounds easy but trust me it's it was really hard um but i'm so glad i did it and people listening to this podcast right now um i think and i don't want to tell people how to live their lives i think there's a lot of benefit for people that are struggling with things to just be honest um because you're going to feel a lot better because like i said going back to what you asked me how i felt and i feel like i said to you like straight up i feel like a different human being um someone that i've always wanted to be just just stoked like i'm stoked that i'm racing bikes around the world loving life and i'm not going to stop anytime soon you know and i'm 20, 28 you know so yeah i still feel like i don't know i still have like when we ride like a new track like you know morzine for example you find like a new secret one you know that someone scratched in and you're just like you get down the bottom and you're just like with your mates and like you've got the biggest grin on your face and it's still you still feel like you're 13 years old you know? and yeah, that, yeah. that stuff's never going to change and um yeah i'm just stoked that i can be that person now you know so yeah. it's it's really cool yeah totally great advice great advice um i was wanting yeah. to ask you james as well when you when you're riding when you're racing when you're doing downhill or enduro when you're doing the downhill sections or whatever yeah what mentally are you thinking you know does your condition come into mind there or is that something you can escape for those few minutes like you know do you just have to concentrate so much on what you're doing that everything else is just left aside like do yeah. you get that yeah it's, that's a really cool question because um like i said that i'm riding way better this year and it's all because of my focus and and concentration you know previous years my mind has wandered um you know during a race run and that's from not having pure mental clarity mm. you know like you know and that comes from honestly not being totally honest you know not mm -hmm. being totally honest with what i'm dealing with who i am as a person um it's been very muddled in my head so like for sure now this year my thought process now and i did a, a enduro this past weekend with the boys um and i did i did pretty good i was pretty stoked with the result um and my whole process in my head was first corner second corner third corner jump root rock double left-handed right-handed you know and it's just mm -hmm. pure focus just like a checklist and it's almost like and i read this book i've started you know and anyone that knows me they're going to listen they go well you don't read because of my dyslexia but i've really made a big point of reading this past year and i just started reading this article online about flow state um mm -hmm. you know which is a state that all sportsmen try and get into um and that's ultimately what i feel like i'm now in and when i get to the bottom of the run i have a breather and i and i revisit all the things that went on i'm like ah, okay and to be honest like now it like i'm in such a good focus and in a mindset that it it's almost like it doesn't happen i'm just doing if that mm -hmm. makes sense mm -hmm. i'm just yeah. i'm just acting on instinct and i'm just super comfortable with the bike um how i'm feeling i'm just moving i'm just moving the bike where i want to go um which kind of, which 
you know, I, I couldn't say that to you last year. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a lot of a lot of work on myself in the off season and uh, and mentally now I'm I'm in a really good good spot and I, that comes again from being honest and honest with my condition, my dyslexia, my dyspraxia, and and knowing that it's going to take me a few more attempts to do things than it is someone else. But if I'm honest with myself and I I know that, then I know how I need to prepare given you know, as opposed to someone else. And, you know, they'll go, oh, I'm only doing three practice runs today. Or I say, oh, I'm doing five. And they'll be like, oh, you don't need to do that much work. Well, I do because of this, you know, mm-hmm. and that's just, mm-hmm. that's big, that's me being honest with my condition, um, how I am feeling on the track and, and what I need to do to get myself up to that speed and that comfortability at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah, it is such a personal thing. Definitely. That side of things, yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about your part-time job. You're a council bike guy. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah, yeah. So I work at Denbyshire Council as a bikeability instructor and I also lead on cycling development for them. Um, oh. So, yeah, it's really cool. I work three days a week, uh, basically going into schools around the county um delivering bikeability which is road safety awareness for the kids and then also um i'm dipping in and out of uh cycling projects that we've got going on in the year so working with my line manager to put together some little cycling festivals across the county so we've got one in uh in rill uh in august this year little bike festival so it'd be bmx mountain bike uh bikes to try out and stuff um and there and get kids stoked on just riding bikes so mm. it really satisfies with my racing and with the work that i do with the council it really satisfies both itches that i have in life which is you know performance of myself getting myself to the highest level i can be and then also helping the youth of today access cycling and find this sport that i love so much you know and if that's road biking then so be it if you like that way more than you like mountain biking that's cool because it's all part of the same all part of the same family in my in my opinion yeah yeah cool man cool now that sounds good like sounds perfectly suited to you like you know yeah uh, you know you, you you'll your stoke will definitely carry under the kids for sure like yeah definitely yeah yeah class man um so before i let you go a few things what races have you planned this season have you planned any of your world cup stuff or anything so yeah um the long and short is i will be waiting uh to see if i get selected based upon some of my national results mm-hmm. um so right now i've stuck in for a few of them so hopefully you'll see me at a few of the rounds following fort william um but then i'll be at all the nationals the uk nationals um i'm doing the ews in scotland with the team um and then the local um enduro series we have in wales um which is the i forget the name of it now there's so many of them uh it's so popular now right yes it's edwin bradley series um so i'll be doing a few of them at flangothlin uh flandegler and and all the north wales kind of races um and to, to, to where else are we at so a bit the Malvins as well 
Marvel's classic. That's mm-hmm. going to be super sick. If people are heading over from Ireland, whatever, make sure you come past the Orange. We yeah. have quite a big Orange setup this year. It's super cool. It's a bit of a festival going on. A mountain bike festival. I'm sure people have heard all about it. And I'll race all the events there. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm TBC on, on the World Cups. You know, hopefully my results mm-hmm. get me in because I've run out of points to, to race the rest of them for this year. Um, but you know, I'm looking at this year as a bit of a reset to, to hopefully get back on it next year and, and do a couple next year for certain. So mm-hmm. yeah, you could be, you could be looking at me in Andorra, hopefully at the world cup there, or, you know, we'll, we'll see how that pans out. Hopefully Andorra, I, I, yeah. that's, that's one race I'd love to race. Um, Amazing. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I've snowboarded Andorra, but I've never had the bike there. But yeah, oh, it looks sick. amazing. Yeah, it's amazing, amazing spot. So yeah, the long and short of it, a lot of downhill and a lot, uh, a lot of enduro. Um, yeah, you're busy. But I just, yeah, I'm busy. I love it. And uh, <laughs> I just have to check the calendar, but yeah, I think we're on for 15 races this year. Right. Wow. Wow. So it's, oh, a, it's, a, it's a lot. Um, but yeah. Just, yeah. just stoked. Can't wait. Uh, there'll be a lot of weekends, bike to bike kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, I won't be at the, I will be at the World Cup, but on the stand, uh, mm-hmm. Fort William. So, if anyone's coming to the World Cup in Fort William, come check out the booth there. Uh, again, Orange have got a massive setup there. Um, team, uh, Lachlan will be racing. I'll be helping him out because that's another thing. Um, we're also doing a few things this weekend and testing out a few different bits for for the bike for coming year, uh, cool, coming man. years, coming years. So that'll be really cool. Um, so yeah, that's it. Happy um, days, man. Happy days. Like, what <laughs> do you see your future in the, you know, after the race thing? Like, do you want to continue yeah. your future in the bike game? Um. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the passion's there. I uh, just were, you know, I don't know where it would go if I'm brutally mm-hmm. honest. But yeah. um, I'm, I work quite closely with the guys at Orange on developing a few things, um, and there's a few things in the works right now, and that's something that I'm really passionate about because that kind of um, spurs on my, you know, with the kids all I'm trying to do is develop them with myself. All I'm trying to do is develop myself with the bike. All I'm trying to do is develop that. So mm-hmm. it, it really scratches that itch. So, you know, I, I do test products for other company, uh, a, another company as well. Um, well, crank brothers as, as well. I test a few products for them, mm-hmm. um, give feedback on that. Um, but yeah, I would, I would love to, um, do something with orange, uh, you know, um, on the development side of things because so far you know what we've been able to do and what the downhill bike we have now um it's in a really cool spot um and i've ridden quite a few different literations already with them in my three years so um i can sit here and say that i'm genuinely really excited for the for the future for for orange and um for myself so yeah like something to do with development would be sick would be happy yeah yeah happy days for sure man yeah cool um now just before i let you go james i know we're running yeah. on a little bit here um <laughs> but you know for young guys because i know 
there is a lot of young guys that listen to this podcast in the way to the trails at weekends with their parents and stuff like that. But you know, if if some young boy is is struggling with may it, anything, may it be anything, like what advice would you give to some young boys, you know, in, in mountain biking and just how this sport or how this pastime can help them with their life in general? Like, what advice would you give? Um. If they are if they are passionate about it and they back themselves and they you know yourself like when you've got a gut instinct on something you know it's normally right you know I could generally pull this off and if you if you have that feeling you know whatever it is just just chase it just work hard and if you have to work another job alongside it to really satisfy you know whilst you know if it is turning pro you know, work a job alongside it, but then, you know, try and keep that time for yourself to, to work on that and chase it, you know, um, just don't give up like it is cliche, but just don't, because like I said before in the pod, like there's so many more opportunities for kids now, way more than I ever had um, mm-hmm. and way more than some other people have ever had. So just, just really go 110% at it uh, and, and chase that. And, it, and if you're facing uh you know, people that are pushing you around or, or whatever, you know, as a kid, you know, kids, you know, I know myself, their kids can be, you know, whatnots and, uh, and that just, just stand up for yourself. You know, if you're going to upset someone by being yourself, then so be it. You know, um, I think I'm way more regretful of, of being a, a way people wanted me to be than, than actually being myself for sure, yeah. because I was not being honest with, who I was as a person, but now I've been honest to who I am as a person and, and people are, you know, really, really loving me for it, you know, and, and showing me a lot of respect for it. So, um, yeah, like those are the advice I'd give because like I said before, no one, I couldn't, I couldn't knock a person for being honest. Like, you know, they're just being themselves. And if you don't like it, then that person's not for you and that's fine. Yeah. So, so yeah. Yeah, perfect, perfect, man, perfect. Because yeah. I think that's a problem. We we try to mould ourselves into who we want to be rather than who we really are. Yeah. You know, to a certain extent, or, or mould ourselves into somebody we think we should be. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, if you just push yourself and be yourself, then that's yeah. all you can really ask for. That's it. And I'm not expecting people to, you know, hopefully I do inspire people, but, you know, hopefully people do take just bits from the story and what's relevant to them and 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 put that into their lives and 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 go full send at it because that's all i want to do for the people so yeah hopefully cool, that yeah. works out excellent buddy well listen thanks so much for coming on and thanks for telling your story and sharing your story with us uh very amazing and i know it will inspire a lot of people out there um just even boys like me to get off may I ask and do a bit more you know what i mean <laughs> absolutely yeah definitely i appreciate that yeah so thanks so much for coming on and uh good luck this weekend and good luck with the rest of your season bro and hopefully we'll we'll cross paths at some of these events at some stage yeah for sure definitely we we need to to hang out i feel like we'd uh, have a lot to chat about yeah for sure all right bud take care out there all right nice one and you man That's a wrap for episode 216. I hope you enjoyed that, guys, and I hope you take plenty from that episode. And James, thanks so much for coming on, bro, and telling us your story. It is awesome to get you on the show. 
and spread the good word about what you're doing there and um, how mountain biking has really helped you throughout life and will continue to in the near future for for certain Um, and i'm sure you're going to have a great uh, racing season so fingers crossed for you there bro and thanks again now guys if you want to know more about james what he's getting up to just simply go to the show notes you'll find them at mtb-tribe.com you'll get all the links there to GM socials and other bits and pieces we chat about for the show now if you're enjoying the podcast and you want to show your support the best way is simply by subscribing and rating us on whatever podcast platform you listen to the show on every one of your ratings and reviews helps boost us on the old algorithms and helps get the good word out to more people We also have a website that you can check out, mtb-tribe.com, where you can find the complete bike catalogue, listen and download every show from there for free. You can also subscribe there and get one email per week with a quick and easy link to listen to the podcast. If you want to get more involved with the podcast, you can find us on social media at mtbtribe on Instagram and Facebook. And if you want to get in contact with me directly, the best way is by email. You'll find me at info at mtb-tribe.com. Now, I just want to say a thanks to Alta, our new brand, for sponsoring the podcast. Alta is an Irish-based brand, very, very cool accessories to help you get up the mountain and off the mountain, drier, cleaner, keep the car clean, keep your feet warm while you're getting changed, keep everything in one place so there's not muck everywhere over the boot of the car, keep your vans clean all that kind of stuff exciting things to come from Alta in the near future we are designing and working on new product as we speak so plenty to check out there in the near future you can find us at ridealta.com or on Instagram at ride.alta so please show your support go over there and check us out follow us on Insta and you will find out more in the near near future so that's it for this week guys I hope you enjoyed the podcast I hope you are getting out on the bikes and you're hitting the trails. Summer's nearly here. Things are drying up. So let's look forward to a great summer season. So until next time, you know the score, guys. As always, get the bikes out, hit the trails, and stay MTB stoked. <laughs>